Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I also want to thank my wife, Diane, for joining me last week for our Easter uh, uh, message that we uh, shared with you. And uh, she's just such a blessing, and I'm so glad that she, she joined me. And if you missed that, I'd like to invite you to go back uh, to our last week's message, and you can find out what, uh, what we had to share with, with you all for our, for our Easter uh, message. And again, thanks to my wife for joining me. She did such a wonderful job uh, of helping me in that. So also, uh, I just want to uh, 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 say that uh, we have been studying... Over the last many weeks, actually since the beginning of 2023, we've been studying uh, the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've titled this series, Jesus, the Great Storyteller, because a parable is a story, and, uh, and Jesus told so many uh, parables or so many stories. He's the great storyteller. So that's why I've titled this series, The Great Storyteller. And a parable is a simple, natural story that illustrates a spiritual truth. And so we've been studying the parables for so many weeks now. Like I said, back to uh, the beginning of 2023. Uh, if you've missed any of those, you can go back into our archives and catch up on anything that you missed. It's all there for you for free. But, you know, studying the parables of Jesus is so, so important because uh, we learn so much about the kingdom of God, or we could say the kingdom of heaven and how it operates. Uh, Jesus oftentimes would start his parables by saying, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. So we can learn much about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, however you want to say it, uh, by studying the parables. Also, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that makes reference that, uh, you know, it was prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus would open his mouth, when, you know, when he came in his earthly ministry, that he would open his mouth in parables and reveal things that had been kept secret from the foundation of the earth. So uh, great reason for studying the parables. So with that all having been said, let us pick up today with uh, some more of his parables and uh, this one today, you'll find it in Luke, the 18th chapter. So if you want to turn in your Bibles uh, there to Luke uh, chapter 18, turn in your Bible, if you would, Luke 18. And we're going to look at least to start here, uh, uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And again, a parable is a natural story that illustrates a spiritual truth. And here in this parable, Luke 18, Luke chapter 18, verse 9, Luke 18, verse 9, it says this, that he, Jesus, spoke this parable. So now he's going to tell this parable, this natural story, a simple natural story that illustrates a spiritual truth. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So he spoke this parable to some. You know, uh, if you study Jesus, the way he operated with these parables, he, he would very oftentimes, rather than just pointing out somebody's sin, just directly pointing it out to them, he would tell a story or a parable and through that parable, he would he he would be trying to get the people who were who were doing wrong or committing sin. He would try through that parable to get them to see the error of their way, and then you know on their own you know repent without him just outright pointing out their sin. And, you know, it's a very powerful technique. It's a very powerful tool. Because, you know, I've learned in, in the many years of ministry, you know, 30 plus years of ministry of dealing with people that if, you know, as a, as a pastor, if, if I go up to somebody and I just, you know, say, hey, you know, this, you're doing this wrong. This is wrong. You're doing this wrong and just point it right out to them. A lot of times that just turns people off and it, you know, it makes them, you know, mad at me. And it's just not a very often, not a very productive situation but 
you know, if, if I can find a way to get a person or a group of people to see that they're, you know, doing something that they shouldn't be doing, if I can get, you know, if I can find a way to get the point across to them that they're doing something wrong without just blatantly pointing it out to them and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. But if I can find a way to get them to see, you know, that they're doing something wrong without just blatantly pointing it out and, and get them to see it and then have it like dawn on them that, you know, hey, I, I'm doing this wrong. I need to I need to straighten up and, and, and kind of have 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 it come from their own observation or, you know, the, the, the light bulb clicking on, you know, in their own, in their own thinking and say, you know, I need to correct such and such. If, if, if that can be done without me just blatantly pointing out the, uh, the, the wrongdoing, it's much more productive. As I said, rather than me just saying, Hey, so-and-so you're doing thus and so wrong. <laughs> Again, not usually very productive, usually make people mad, but, but if you can find a way to get them to see it for themselves, uh, what they're doing wrong and have them make the correction. It's, it's, it's really much more productive. And, and so that's what Jesus did very often with the parables is he wouldn't just point somebody's sin right out to him. He would tell a story, tell a parable and, and, uh, get them, you know, try to get to try to get those people to see, you know, the error of their ways on their own. Very, very productive, very powerful. So he did that very often. And this is, one of those cases, he t- he spoke this parable to some, okay, to some folks there. Who tr- now? Now this is the central truth of this parable: who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So as we read this parable, this is the central truth of this parable, the main point that Jesus is trying to get across. And, and, and every parable has a, uh, that he told has a central general truth with a main single point, you know, typically that he's trying to get across to people. You know, much can be gleaned. Many things can be gleaned from the parables, but each parable really had one central truth with one main point he was trying to get across. And in this one, it's he's speaking to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. You know, there's a lot of people who trust in themselves that they're righteous. And you can, you, you, you can see this by, you know, if you, you just, I mean, and surveys have shown this where professional survey companies have gone out and surveyed people at Walmart and Target and, you know, different, different at the mall or wherever it is and ask people, you know, uh, you know, what do you have to do to go to heaven? And, 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 you know, so many times the answer is, well, they'll, they'll say, uh, you know, people that are asked will say, well, you gotta, you gotta be a good, just a good person. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a good person, but that in and of itself won't get you to heaven. You know, it's through simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ coming from a repentant heart that gets one into heaven. But uh, there's a lot of people who trust in themselves, you know, and I've dealt with multitudes of people. You know, I've asked them, I've dealt with them, you know, concerning their, where their, you know, their eternal soul and where they're going to spend eternity. And they've told me, they said, well, I've been a good person. I've been a good person since I was born. I've never, you know, really hurt anybody or done anything grievously wrong. I've been a pretty good person, so I think I'll be fine when I die. Oh, that is a that is a dangerous place to be, dear friends, thinking that you or I could ever do anything good enough to earn our way to heaven. Oh my, a dangerous place to be. The hell is really full of people right now that thought they were good enough in and of themselves, thought they were righteous enough, righteous enough in and of themselves to, you know, to make heaven when they die. It's, it's just not so. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that's with a repentant heart, have faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, but he's speaking this parable to people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous or that they had, you know, right standing with God and despised others. Now, here's the parable. He says in verse 10, Luke 18, 10, Jesus says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee was a religious leader, a religious leader, and the other, a tax collector, a tax collector. Well, we're here in, in uh, I, I guess we're right here in, uh, 
uh, when I'm shooting this, I think it's April the 13th. And when you're seeing it, it'll probably be or April 15th or somewhere Sunday, whatever that is. So tax time. That's what I'm trying to say. Tax time. Everybody likes tax time, right? So, so I'm preaching this message today. You know, it's tax time. So we're talking about tax collectors. And so two men went up. Uh, doesn't everybody like tax time? I, I don't. I don't know about you. But anyway, but two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, a religious leader, and the other a tax collector. Now, a tax collector in Jesus's day, a tax collector some 2000 years ago, they worked for the Roman Empire and they were seen as sinful figures of ill repute, self-enriching, corrupt and traitors to the Jewish community. Well, I, th- I think tax collectors are pretty well looked at the same way today. I don't know that much has changed on that, but uh, but I'm not saying that that the tax people today are are uh, are are dishonest or anything like that. But but back there then, I tell you what, they were not looked on very well at all. So you had this this Pharisee who was a religious leader in the community. And then this this uh, hated you know tax collector, this this uh, figure of ill repute. All right, they both go up to the temple to pray. Now the Pharisee, look at verse eleven. The Pharisee, the religious man, stood and prayed thus with himself. Now I've got that underlined with himself. He prayed. Now we're going to see he prayed to God, but. You know, God wasn't listed. Do you know that that uh, the psalmist David, I believe, said that if I believe it was David, he said, if I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So it's possible to pray and you're just praying with yourself. <laughs> God's not even, you know, paying any attention. Absolutely. There's there's been a lot of people pray. They just prayed with themselves. <laughs> you know, God wasn't even paying any attention. And uh and we'll see that 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 uh, pride had this guy. You know, the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And of course, we're saved by grace through faith. So so look, at, look here, this guy is praying with himself. OK, and he says, God, he addresses God, but we're going to see God wasn't paying any attention to him. And we'll see ultimately it's because he's prideful and God resists the proud. But he says, God. I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Now, that was his prayer to God. You know, I thank you that I'm not like other men. <laughs> well, you can see the pride right there. You know, I, I, an extortioner, unjust, adulterer, or even as this tax collector. And then he said, I fast twice a week. And I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, you know, there's a lot of people that think that, you know, if you just had a bunch of good works about you, you you are not an extortioner. And it's certainly good to not be an extortioner. Unjust, an adulterer, this guy, you know, he wasn't committing adultery, you know, on, on, his, on his wife. That's a good thing. Uh, you know, and all of that. He, he fasted twice a week. That's a good thing. He gave tithes of all that he, that he, that he possessed. Those are all good, wonderful things. And that was his prayer to God. But really, God, God, God didn't hear him, as we'll see. Didn't listen to him, didn't pay any attention to him. And then Jesus said, the tax collector, so, so he tells us about the Pharisee. And then he says, the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast or or smote his chest or hit himself. He wouldn't even he wouldn't even raise his eyes up to heaven. He just hit his hit his chest, saying, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." Now, as I look at this guy here, I, I see humility. He wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven. He smote, he smote his chest or he beat his breath. He did, did like that. 
and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, that's what this tax collector did. Jesus then says, I tell you, this man, this tax collector, went down to his house justified. Now, that word justified means to be declared righteous by God. This tax collector, this guy who stood afar off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven. You could see humility. You could see him you know, hitting himself on the chest. Sign of humility, sign of repentance. Sign of repentance and humility and repentance. And it takes humility to repent and to have a change of heart, change of mind. That's what repentance is. And then said, all he said to God was, he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he, 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 he recognized he was a sinner and that he needed help. And the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and he, he said, be merciful. And that's what sinners need. That's what we need. A sinner. We need mercy, God's mercy, his grace. He said, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's all he did. That's all he said. And the Lord Jesus said, I tell you, this man, this tax collector, went down to his house justified. And again, that means to be declared righteous by God. That's what, justify, that's what justification means, to be declared righteous by God. It, it, it's, it's God, in, justifi- to be justified, it, it's, God in, impute, it's God imputing righteousness to us. Nothing we deserve, nothing we earn. It's God imputing righteousness to us, right standing with him, him imputing that to us or giving that to us. And Jesus said, this man, this tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. So the Pharisee, he went down to his... He, so what does this tell us? He wasn't right with God when he went up to the temple to pray. And, and after he did all that praying with himself that God didn't even pay any attention to. He went back down to his house just as lost as he was when he went up to to pray. Just as lost and undone without God, just as much on his way to hell before he went up and prayed as he was afterward. See, both these guys, when they as we find out, as they went up to pray, both of them are lost, undone without God. Yeah, but Pastor Terry... Wait a minute, that, that first guy, he's a Pharisee. He's a, he's a preacher, if you will. He's a leader, a, a religious leader in the community. An educated man, educated in the scriptures. Uh, you know, and, 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 and he's not an extortioner. He's not unjust. He's not an adulterer. He fasts twice a week. He gives, he gives tithes of all that he possesses. Yes. And he's lost and undone without God on his way to a devil's hell, just like the tax collector was when they both went up to pray. Absolutely. The Pharisee was prideful, as we saw. He trusted in himself that through his own good works, he was righteous and had right standing with God. And then what was in his heart came out as he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I'm not unjust and I'm not an adulterer or an extortioner or even as this worthless tax collector. He's, I do this right. I do that right. I do the other right. This and right. That right. All these good works. And the Lord said that after he got done with all that quote-unquote praying, he went down unjustified, not right with God, just as lost as what he, as what he started. You know, there's a lot of religious people that are lost. A lot of, there's a lot of preachers stand in pulpits on Sunday and preach to congregations. The preachers themselves are just as lost and on their way to hell. Isn't that sad? Absolutely the truth, though. Absolutely the truth. And it's so sad. But this tax collector, he, from a position of humility, realized he was a sinner and realized he needed to repent. That means have a change of heart, change of mind, and he did. 
and you see it, and you see him as he bows his head and smotes his smite, smotes hit his breast, and all he said was, "God, be merciful to me." He realized he was a sinner; he needed help. He repented and said, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." And that quick. God imputed righteousness to him and he went down justified right with God on his way to heaven. (laughs) Glory to God, received the free gift of salvation through faith. He was justified by faith, justified, declared righteous by God through through this repentance that that he had in faith. (laughs) And he didn't pray a long drawn out prayer God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that fast, he's justified, declared righteous, and right before God, on his way to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Whereas the other guy, as we've already said, as I've already said, he had all the good works and had a pretty eloquent prayer and all to no avail. What a lesson we can learn from this. And then Jesus said for everyone in verse 14 at the end of the verse, he says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And that's a, a principle that's taught throughout the scriptures. Absolutely. 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 So, I mean, what a powerful, powerful, powerful parable this is. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, just so, so powerful. And again, I want to reiterate it. Our good works and, you know, all of that, you know, I mean, it's all wonderful. It's all good, but it won't save you. And if you're not careful, you can become, if you're trusting in your own good works, and that's why he tra- taught this parable. Jesus taught it to those who trusted in themselves. If you trust in yourself, you can get haughty and prideful and pompous. Absolutely. And that's what this guy was. I'm glad I'm not like other people. <laughs> huh? And uh, that's what he said. And that's just, that's just pride talking there. And, and he prayed with himself and <laughs> on his way to hell. But this other guy humbled himself and, and he made connection with the Lord and, and didn't pray a long drawn out prayer. I tell you what, just had a heart of repentance and cried out to God. What a powerful, powerful parable. You know, something else, you know, we could say, I could say much more about it, but, you know, something else I note here is just how easy it is to get saved. I mean, it's really easy to get saved. It really, really is. I mean, this guy here is a perfect example of it, this, this tax collector. You know, there's hope for tax collectors. Glory to God, they can get saved. Amen. If they're not already, they can. And uh, and there's nothing wrong with being a tax collector if tax collectors are just honest. That's all I've ever asked for. And uh, that's a good deal. But anybody can get saved. I don't care if you're a tax collector, you're a, a Pharisee, a scribe, a preacher, a, you know, a, a pastor or whatever. Anybody. We're all sinners. We've all come short of the glory of God. But if we'll repent and receive Jesus, cry out to God, ask for his mercy and his grace through Jesus Christ, that quick we become righteous. You know, the Bible says that righteousness has come upon all humanity. Absolutely the truth. Righteousness has come upon all humanity. And that that means right standing with God. And I believe... Now, now, just because it's come on all humanity doesn't mean all humanity is saved. That righteousness has to be received just like this tax collector received it. But that righteousness will follow a person all their life, all the way right up to the time they breathe their last. And all they have to do to receive that righteousness is in, with a repentant heart say, God, you know, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and that fast, I mean, if it comes out of a repentant heart, faster than I can snap my fingers or blink my eyes, that person is saved and ready for heaven. Absolutely the truth. You say, well, pastor, don't you have to be water baptized also? Don't you have to do this? Don't you have to do that? Don't you have to do the, do the other? No. 
Let's talk about water baptism real quick. Hey, hey, Jesus commanded it, and we ought to be water baptized. But if you study the scripture, you'll find water baptism is for people who are already saved. Absolutely. I had a certain denomination tell me that when I was a kid, I had them tell me, they said that, that I, because I, I told the pastor I, I, of, that, of that denomination, I said, I'm in high school at the time, probably 11th grade, and I said, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, have you been water baptized? I said, well, not, not yet. And he said, well, we got to water baptize you because if we don't, uh, if you die, I said, what happens if I die before I get water baptized? I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, well, if you die before you get water baptized, you're going to split hell wide open. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know the Bible then like I know now. I said, I have faith in Jesus. He said, yeah, but you also have to be water baptized. And you can take a couple of scriptures out of context and you can teach that doctrine, but it's erroneous. You know, that you have to be water baptized to be saved. And I believe in water baptism. Jesus commanded it, but it's for those who are already saved. So, so we went and, uh, and I got water baptized that night. But then years later, I come to find out that, you know, that guy, that pastor was in far more trouble than I, than I was ever in. Because why say, why is that? Because he actually is trusting in the waters of baptism to save him. He, he's trusted in Jesus, all right, but he's also trusting in water. Oh, don't make that mistake. I had the Lord say to me a long time ago when I was a kid, uh, some years after that, a kid compared to how old I am now. But he said to me, don't ever put water on the same level as my blood. <laughs> and boy, I, tell you, that, that, I mean, then you study the scripture out, you see that water baptism is important. But it won't save you. It won't wash away sins. The only, the only thing to wash away sins is, is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that blood goes into operation the moment somebody from a sinner with a repentant heart says, Jesus, come into my life or something, something like that. God be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, and that fast, the blood of Jesus just washes that sin away and you're ready for heaven right there. Absolutely faster. Like I say, faster than I could snap my eye or bat my fingers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Ready for heaven. Then, after that, yeah, go out and be water baptized. Absolutely. But don't trust in that water baptism. There's a lot of people trusting in water baptism, you know. <laughs> and I read the obituaries one time. and there, uh, Well, actually, when my mother, uh, when she went to heaven, uh, I, I, I read the obituaries. And there's, there were so many people. They always keep dying in alphabetical order. I don't, I don't understand how that happens every week. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I was reading through, you know, I was looking for hers and I was reading all these others and, and there's many of them that talked about and stressed how they were baptized when they were a child and, and the, the emphasis, you know, that they were baptized at water, baptized into the church. I tell you what, if you die, trust in water, being water baptized, you're in trouble. You're headed for, you're headed for hell. Absolutely. The only thing that'll save you is a repentant heart with faith in Jesus. And I mean, <laughs> and you get saved that fast. And then go out and get water baptized. Well, what if I believe in Jesus and I get hit by a truck on the way to the water baptism? It will take, well, you'll go right to heaven. Why? Because you have faith in Jesus. Well, can you say amen? But it's easy to get saved. Think about the thief on the cross. Think about the thief on the cross. If you go back and look at that, and it's fitting because it's right around, still around Easter. Easter was last week. And so it's around that time where we ought to be talking about the thief on the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I talk about it all the time, so I don't just do it at Easter. But but if you think about that thief on the cross, you know, Jesus was crucified on that center cross and there was a thief on either side. And if you read the gospel accounts, you could really see that that, that you could make argument. I mean, the one thief reviled Jesus along with the crowd, the bulk of the crowd that was there. The other thief, as I study it, looked like at first he was, he was chiming in with the rest of them. But, but at some point, at some point in there, that one thief had a change of heart. Absolutely. I mean, and it is a midnight hour for this guy. I mean, he's going to be dead real soon. And, 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 and the one thief, he cries out to Jesus and he says, the one that was reviled him all the way through, never did repent. He said, you know, he said, you know, if you're the Christ or aren't you the Christ, something to that effect. 
he said, save yourself and us. Get us down. And he reviled. And the Bible said he blasphemed Jesus. But the other one, we're talking about how easy it is to get saved. The other one had a change of heart there. And he, he cried out. And they were both thieves. And he cried out to his, apparently his buddy on the other side of Jesus and said, you know, something to the effect. He said, you know, hey, we deserve what we're getting. But this man here you know jesus you know he hasn't done anything he he hasn't done anything wrong and you can see where this one thief had a change of heart and 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 you can study it you can see they both knew who they both knew about jesus because even the one that was reviling him said to, to jesus as i just said if aren't you the christ if you are get us down save yourself and us but the other one he had, while the one continued to blaspheme the Lord, the other one had a change of heart. And, and you know, and he realized, and he was a sinner. He realized that he said, you know, we're, he told, like I said, he told his buddy on the other side of Jesus, there, he said, we, we're getting what we deserve, but Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. And then how easy is it to get saved? He said, Lord Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And just that quick, Jesus said the greatest words anybody could ever hear. He said, he said, he said, surely I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Glory to God. Now you talk about how easy it is to get saved. I mean, that thief, he did, he did, he did, he did, he did, he did, did he go to church to pray? No, he's nailed to a cross. You know, did, did, did he have time to go get water baptized or receive communion or, or fast or this? No, it's, well, he's nailed to the cross. He just got a short time to live, but he had that change of heart. And with that change of heart, he cried out and he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I mean that quick, I mean that thief. That good for nothing, robbing, low down, you know, I could go on and on and on, who deserved hell just like you and me, with that change of heart, that repentant heart, and just simple words, <laughs> Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom, and that quick, the righteousness of God hit him, and he was declared righteous, justified, and, 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 he made paradise. Glory to God. And, and amen. And that other one, that other one, he could have, he could have got saved too. He could have got saved too, but he didn't repent and cry out to the Lord. And so this one thief, he had what you'd call the deathbed repentance, but it was genuine. And thank God, those deathbed repentances, if they're genuine, the Lord will he'll take you right at the last moment. But I tell you what, don't ever think that you're going to have a chance for a deathbed repentance because there's a lot of people in hell right now, I guarantee it to you, that thought they was going to have time to repent before they died and they and death caught them before they realized it and before they were counting on it. But the point is, it's real easy to get saved. Well, can you say amen to that? Glory to God. All right, let's go on and, and go to this next parable. The two sons in the vineyard. Two sons in the vineyard. Uh, it kind of kind of relates to the one we just looked at, as we'll see. Kind of does. Look at Matthew 21, verse 28. Matthew 21, 28. Two sons in the vineyard. And Jesus said, but what do you think? So he's going he's to tell a parable. And he's going to try again to get people to see a, a spiritual truth through telling a natural story. And without right coming out and just telling them what they need to know, he's going to tell a story and try to get people to see some things on their own. And like I said earlier, if you could get people to, you know, like, it, you know, uh, if you could get people to, 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 you know, convince, like if, you know, it, if you can, if you want something to be done, like I said, you know, earlier, but I'll reiterate, if you want something to be done, you know, if you want a group of people to do something, you know, rather than just telling them, hey, we need to do this. If you can get them to kind of think it somehow to think it's their idea in the first place, 
they're more likely to be enthused about doing thus and so, whatever it is. And so Jesus said, what do you think? So he's going to tell them a story to try to enlighten these people and get them to see something on their own so he doesn't just have to come right out and tell them. So he says, a man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it or he repented. He thought better of it, had a change of heart and went. Then he came to the, to the second son and said, likewise. And uh, the second one said, I go, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to go do it. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said to him, the first. Well, I think that's pretty clear. The first said, I'm not going to do it. No. But then he had a change of heart. He repented and he went and did it. Whereas the other one said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm on my way. But then he didn't ultimately do what he said he was going to do. And so the first did the will of the father. The first one did. The one that said he wasn't going to do it, but then he had a change of heart and did it. He did the will of the Father. And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors... Well, before I get to that, I have to tell you, <laughs> I've done this with my wife. A lot of times she'll want, you know, she likes everything around the house. You know, she 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 likes horticulture and she likes flowers and and plants. And I, you know... I like looking at them. I don't like doing the work on them. But she like she actually she actually she enjoys the work on them. Now she likes looking at them also, but she has fun working on you know trimming bushes and working into dirt and all that. She has fun doing that, <laughs> and I don't I don't like it. I like looking at the beauty of it, but I don't like to work. She actually likes yeah looking at it, but she likes the work. It's fun for her to, you know, to to take mud, mud, you know, when when mud, you know, how it gets when it's in clumps. She likes actually likes breaking that all up and and pulling up weeds and and and, and planting plants. I mean, it's fun for her. It's I don't like it. <laughs> and the one day, and there's been many occasions, <laughs> but to one day, many occasions now, where she's asked me to do things. And uh, out there on the grounds around our house, at you know, at at, at the church, and and uh, I'm thinking about this one time. Uh, she said, uh, she said we're going to do some work tomorrow. I said, all right. So I get out there, and you know, I'm thinking she's going to have me, you know, uh, dig up a plant or something. She said, you're going to need to shovel and, and a wheelbarrow. I said, okay. And so I show up there. And I said, all right, now, what, what do you want me to dig up? She said, oh, no, no, we're not digging, digging, any, we're not digging up any plants. I said, what are we doing? She said, we're going to change the dirt. And I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? We're going to change. I said, what's wrong with the dirt that's there? She says, it's dirty dirt. She said, we're going to take out the dirty dirt, and we're going to put in the clean dirt. We're going to put clean dirt in. This this dirt that's here is no good. So we're going to take all the dirt out of this, these two flower beds. We're going to take all the old, not good dirt out. And we're going to put in clean dirt. Now, who's ever heard of clean dirt? I think all the dirt's dirt. But she wanted to dirty dirt out to clean dirt in. And I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I like this first son here. Nope. <laughs> I mean, now you've gone too far. <laughs> I said, I'll, you know, I'll dig up a plant. or, But I'm not taking out all that dirt, taking it down to, you know, <laughs> taking it wherever we took it to, you know, take it down and put it in clean dirt and I said no <laughs> and I walked off and then I thought better of it and I thought well you know let's go ahead so guess what we've got clean dirt now where the dirty dirt was <laughs> so I was like this first son I thought better of it I repented I had I went back and I dug out all the dirty dirt and I put it in the clean dirt farm because she asked me to do it that's how much I love her and I wouldn't do that for anybody else but her and, and, and the Lord. <laughs> and that's it. But uh, And she didn't nag me or nothing. She's a great wife. She doesn't do that. But she asked me. She asked me nicely. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. But then I thought better of it. So I did her will, didn't I? Even though I said I wasn't going to do it, I did it. So I was like this first guy here. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. He, he, he said, uh, 
Work in, work. Oh, he said, work in the vineyard. Work. Oh, work, work, <laughs> you know, work. And uh, what did somebody say? Uh, they thought, uh, they said, uh, they thought manual labor was the name of a Spanish general, you know, manual labor. They, they did, they, because they didn't want to do no manual labor. <laughs> it works a dirty word to a lot of people. So he told them both his sons, that you're going to have to work today. And, uh, and one son again, he said, yeah, I will not. No way. But he, he had, he repented of it. He went and did it. But the other one said, yeah, oh yeah. He see the other one talked a good game. You know, there's a lot of people talk a real good game. They talk a real good game. You know, I learned this a long time ago, particularly playing golf. There's not a, you know, it's not the, it's, it's, you can talk a good game, but, but, you know, how do you hit the ball and what is your score at the end of, at the end of the 18 holes? You know, talking, talking isn't worth much. You know what I mean? I mean, it's what you actually do. And right here, you know, (laughs) this, this first one, he didn't talk a good game, but he, but, but, but he had game. He thought better of it and he went and worked and did what his father wanted. But the second one, he talked that go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Daddy, I'm, I'll take care of it. But he didn't do it. And so which did the will of the father? And Jesus, uh, Jesus said to them, which of the two did the will of the father? They said to him, the first Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors. So we're about these tax collectors today. It's tax season. Assuredly, I say to you, that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. Wow. Wow. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but tax collectors and harlots believed him. Talking about John the Baptist came to you in the way of righteousness. You did not believe him, but tax collectors and harlots believed him. Harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent or repent and believe him him so uh, again it's not what we say so much as it is what we actually do and if you read this in the message bible verse 32 i like the way this reads in the message bible and again, that's not a word-for-word word translation, but but sometimes I use it, and it, it, it sometimes that it, it makes a good point here. Verse thirty-two: John came to you, showing you the right road. You turned up your noses at him, but the crooks and the whores believed him. Even when you saw their changed lives, you didn't care enough to change and believe him. So. He's speaking to these people and he's uh, uh, concerning these two sons and he, he's, he's trying to get them to see that it's not, I'll put it in my own words, it's not the game you talk that's important, but it's the game that you walk. You know, Jesus said, of a, 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 he said that, that many drew near to him with their lips but in their in their hearts and in their actions, they were far from him, and that's what I what I think that this uh, this parable is really is really pointing out here to us is is that you know we 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 can say all the right things or we we could have the the proper talk, but if we don't have the proper walk to back it up. It's no good. And ultimately, ultimately, uh, we, 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 uh, need to have a change of heart. And you can see with this first, back up on this first son, when he was asked to do something by the father, you know, he didn't want to do it, but he had that change of heart. And though his talk wasn't correct, he had that change of heart and he went and did the right thing, what his father wanted done. And the father here is a type of the heavenly father. He did what the father wanted done and that pleased the father far more than this second son who had the talk, had to talk, said all the right stuff, but 
you know, he, he, he didn't have the walk and he didn't ultimately go do what the father wanted done. And it was very unpleasing to the father. And then Jesus notes the people who heard John the Baptist. And again, verse 32 here in the Message Bible, John came to you showing the right road. You turned up your noses at him. And really, Jesus is, is addressing the religious people here. Uh, from my study of it, it looks like he's addressing the religious folk here. And, and uh, just like we saw in that parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, just because you're a religious leader, just because you're a religious leader or that sort of thing, that doesn't mean you're saved. And, uh, and uh, we saw with that Pharisee and that tax collector, I mean, everybody look at that tax collector and say, well, he needs to get saved. But that Pharisee, you'd think he was just fine. But, but, but he was in worse shape than the tax collector and he talked a good game. He had all the talk, but he, he didn't, he didn't have the, he didn't, he, he, he didn't have the walk. He could, he knew all, he knew how to say the prayers, but his heart wasn't right. He had to talk, but not to walk. Whereas that tax collector, yeah, that's not the most eloquent prayer in the Bible, you know, but, but he got, he got saved, didn't he? That thief on the cross, he, he didn't, there was not an elegant prayer at all. He just said, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. So, but it was all about a heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And here, you know, uh, these two sons, again, you know, uh, the religious people that Jesus was addressing, they had all the right verbiage and all the right talk. You know, so many of them had the right talk, but, but they weren't going to believe in the Lord and change and repent. You know, the bulk of them. And, uh, and Jesus was bringing out, you know, it's not about to talk. This first guy, this first son here in, in this parable that we're reading now, he didn't have, again, he didn't have the right talk. But he, he see, thank God we can repent. And he thought better of it, just like I thought better about that dirt and went and did what my wife wanted to do. He thought better of it. And then he ultimately did the will of the Father, pleasing to the Father. But this other one, he had to write he had, to, he had to write verbiage. He told the father what the father, you know, what any father would or anybody would want to hear. But ultimately, he, the work didn't get done and not pleasing at all. And then Jesus really nails it down here of what he's trying to get across to these religious people, these people that are listening to him. He said, John, John the Baptist came to you showing you the right road. And what did John preach? He preached a message of repentance and faith repentance and faith. Go check it out. And John the Baptist preached a message of repentance and faith. Jesus, when he began his public ministry, he preached a message of repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. You see, in the hour in which we live, at least here in the United States, a message of faith in Jesus uh, you know, pretty well is still, is still preached. But it's that repentance part is is left off sad to say because i'm convinced from my study of the bible you can't you can't have what what we'd call saving faith that makes connection with the saving power of god if there's not first a repentant heart and that's why i think that 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 a message of today that you hear in a lot of media you know i mean you see the repentance in that in that uh in that tax collector, you see the repentance in that thief on the cross. You see the repentance here, uh, but but so much of what you see today in the United States, it, 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 a lot of the big media ministries is 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 there's not that message of repentance, and it's 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 a very dangerous thing because uh, you get people thinking they can be saved, just receive Jesus, but you don't. There, there doesn't have to have to be a, 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 any sort of a change. And they, they say a prayer, but there's no ever no change in their life. That's a very dangerous place to be, thinking that because you said a prayer that you're saved. No, I mean, that prayer only is effective if it comes out of a repentant heart. And that's why so, so much of what's being preached here in the United States, not all of it, but so much of it is very dangerous because people are told by preachers, oh, just, just, you know, say this prayer, believe in Jesus and you'll be fine. But it has to come out of a repentant heart. And the Bible is clear that there's a repentance towards God. 
that must take place first. John the Baptist preached it. The prophets of the Old Testament preached it. John the Baptist preached it. Jesus preached it. The apostles preached it. That there's, there's repentance from dead works and then faith toward God. You see, and so John came preaching, showing the right road. It said, you turned up your noses at him, the, the, the religious people. And then he says, but the crooks and uh, up above here, New King James says the tax collectors <laughs> and the, the whores or the harlots believed him. But then this next part, so important, we already read it, but let's read it again. They believed him, but you see, it said, even when you saw, talking to the religious people, you saw their changed lives. See, that's repentance. The tax collectors, the, 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 the prostitutes and, and, the, and the like, you know, whoever else, thieves or extortioners, whoever else came and heard John preach and they believed and, and, and they heard him and there was that repented heart and they believed and their lives were changed. See? And, uh, but then he says to the religious people, you didn't care enough to change, to change or to repent and believe him. So you see what Jesus ultimately was saying is he was saying that these, these sinful people, what we would think of as sinful people, they initially said they were like this first son who said no, but then they repented and did what God wanted done. And you could see it through the evidence of their changed life. But these religious people said, yes, yeah, so I'll do it. They had all the right talk, but ultimately their hearts were far from the Lord and they didn't have the right walk. Wow. Very, very, very powerful. Reading from my notes here, uh, one of these sons said it, the other did it. And which is better. Not the one who said it, but the one who did it. The it being the will of the Father. And I know James, the second chapter in the 26th verse, says, so faith without works or faith without corresponding action is dead. And that's what the Bible teaches. Faith without corresponding action is dead. See, it's not just enough to 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 like I keep saying, to have a good talk, but you have to have a walk to back it up. And there's a lot of people, you know, having been raised in the charismatic movement and, and confession is important. There's no question about it. We need to have a right confession. The Bible says that we need to order our confession aright. And I could teach for hours on the importance of good uh, confession. But But having said that, I've watched so many people over so many years that, you know, they were saying all the right things. But you looked at their life and their life didn't match what they were saying. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and and I've seen more of that than I care to care to think about. It's really hypocritical is what it is. But uh, I tell you what, if you could get, if you could get that change, repentant heart and have a heart change and then and then get your you know, get your confession in line with the word of God and then let your actions follow it up. Then I tell you what, then that's that you've got, you've got yourself something then, but faith and, 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 and confession and all of that without corresponding action is, is dead. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think about, um, you know, the faith of Abraham. I think about the faith of Abraham. You know, he was a patriarch in the Old Testament and the, known as the father of faith. And uh, uh, the Bible talks about his faith. And the Bible talks about Abraham was justified, just like we talked about justification a while ago with that, uh, with that first parable of the Pharisee and tax collector. The Bible says Abraham was justified by faith. And, and, and he was, and you read that in the book of Romans, but if, if, if you go over to the book of James, it, it talks about the kind of faith that Abraham had. And there's, there is a, there is a fake faith, if you will. And a lot of people have this fake faith. 
and they think they're okay with this fake faith. The Bible calls it feigned faith. And it looks like faith. It, it mimics faith to some degree, but it's really not real Bible faith. And, and, and people, they, they think they, they have real Bible faith when they don't. And, uh, and they talk a good game like this first, uh, or like this second son here, but they never have the actions to back it up. And, uh, and, and, and like I said, the book of Romans talks about Abraham's, uh, uh, his faith and that he was justified by faith. But then you read the book of James and it, it talks about the kind of faith that Abraham had. See, and, and, and people who have studied Abraham to any degree, you know, you know, or, or let me put it this way. People who have just kind of lightly studied Abraham, just lightly studied about his life, just kind of skimmed the Bible. Yeah, we'd all like to have the faith that Abraham had because he was justified by faith. But if you really get in and dig in and see the kind of faith that he had, it wasn't just a shooting off the mouth kind of faith. The Bible said that when God asked him to take his only son, Isaac, up onto Mount Moriah and put him on the altar and sacrifice him, Abraham actually went and did it, went to Mount Moriah, built the altar, put Isaac on the altar and raised the knife to sacrifice the son. And of course, God doesn't. You know, the, he does what human sacrifice. The only, only human sacrifice he ever required was his own son, Jesus. But Abraham had the knife in the air ready to plunge it into his son. That's the kind of faith Abraham had. It wasn't just, it wasn't just like this second boy we read about here. Said, yeah, I'll go do it. I'll do it. But then he never did it. Abraham believed God. What, how did he believe God? What kind of faith did he have? He had the kind of faith that was put his son on the altar and raise it up. And that, you know, so, so if we have the kind of faith Abraham had, we're not going to just be talking. We're going to be walking we're going to be doing what god said do that's real what god said to do that's the real bible faith when you're sold out you're gonna your your actions is going to follow your believing because if you really have bible faith you're going to have actions to back it up see uh faith if it doesn't have corresponding action then it's just dead as i've already said and and here in in the book of james it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters? This is a New Living Translation, James 2.14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? And the answer is no. Like I said, there's a lot of people think they have faith and, they're, and they think they're okay with God. Like this, like this Pharisee we, we start off with today, but they're not. They're not all right with God. They have, they have a fake faith about it because there's never any actions to back up their believing. You understand? And, and, and let me read this again. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? No, it can't. So be sure you don't have that fake faith where all you are is a talker, but there's never any actions to back up what you suppose, say you supposedly believe. See, Abraham... When God said, go sacrifice your son, he believed God and he hitched, hitched up the, he got all the mules ready and his servants and they got all they, or the camels or whatever it was. They hitched them all up and got them ready and went out to Mount Moriah, went up, built the altar and he was ready to sacrifice his son. That's the kind of faith Abraham had. It, like I said, it, he, he believed in his heart. There was a confession certainly there, but then he was going to act on it absolutely act on it faith is is an action word if you've got bible faith there's going to be you know the actions to back it up absolutely let me close with this um let's go to luke the 19th chapter zacchaeus we'll close with him he's a tax collector boy tax collector the lord's after the tax collectors maybe there's a tax collector out there listening to me that the lord wants to you know minister to you i don't know but <clears throat> I, I, we love we love we, you know you know you think about it if it hadn't been for the tax collectors you know or let me put it another way god used the tax collecting 
put it this way, he used tax collected to get Mary and Joseph into, into, into Bethlehem for Jesus to be born. Did you ever think about that? There was a census being called, and at the bottom of that was to tax the people, you know? And, and as a result of that, that he, got, he got Mary and Joseph there into Bethlehem for Jesus to be born. So God, used the IR, God can use the IRS for good. Glory to God. So let's move on here. Luke 19, we'll close here. Zacchaeus, you ever hear of Zacchaeus? And don't ask me to spell it, but Zacchaeus. I can spell it because I have it here right on my notes, but that's a tough one. Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. He was a short guy, short of stature. And uh, there was a man, this is Luke 19, verse 2. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. Now, he's a chief tax collector. So they really, people really didn't like him. And he was rich. And a lot of that, by his own admission, he got, it was ill-gotten gain. And he, he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass, Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Oh, what an honor. What an honor. And Zacchaeus made haste and came down and received, he received him joyfully. Underline that in verse 6. Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. He received him. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. So you see that he received Jesus joyfully. Glory. But then watch this. Verse 7, but when they saw it, now these are the people that were around and no doubt religious people and whatnot, they all complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. <laughs> I know it was the religious people saying that because they said that all the time about Jesus. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Glory to God. See, it wasn't just that he received Jesus, but because he received Jesus and had genuine Bible faith, now we see that there's a change. I mean, how, how, let me put it another way. Look, there was a change in his heart, all right. I believe this, this change took place. Before, before he ever went out in that tree. I mean, God, the, the Spirit of God working on him, he wanted to see Jesus. He got up in that tree. Think about it. I mean, what, what will you do to get to Jesus? He climbed up in a tree. There were four guys one time, tore the roof off of a house to get their paralytic friend down in front of Jesus. Remember that? But what will you do to get to Jesus? So I can see the Spirit of God working on this guy, Zacchaeus's heart. And, and you can see this repentant heart. He's up in that tree. You know, and, and, and then he receives Jesus joyfully, but he didn't just receive him. Now we see, I mean, he did all right, but you see what I'm trying to get at. You see this changed life, this changed life. See, real Bible faith, when, when, when there's real Bible faith in your life, there's going to be a change for the good. And uh, he, he said, he said, uh, he said, uh, 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 right here in verse eight, he said, Lord, he's called him Lord. He says, I, he said, I give half of my goods to the poor. If I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. So see, he wasn't just talking, he's walking. Glory to God. You know there was a change in his heart if he's going to give up that much money. Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. And uh, Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. And you know, he had the same kind of faith Abraham had. Absolutely. Yes, he was a uh, descendant of Abraham, no doubt after the, after the flesh and all of that, you know. But But I think this is make it a spiritual connotation. He had the same kind of faith Abraham had. Had He didn't just uh, uh, hear something, you know, about Jesus and then say that, you know, well, I believe it and I receive you, Lord, and that's the end of it. No, what did Abraham do? He went and he, he built that altar and was going to sacrifice his son. He was sold out. And I tell you what, 
this guy here, Zacchaeus, he had the same kind of faith because, like I just said, for somebody like this to give up almost half of his money, you know there's a change took place. And he, this was the real faith, the real Bible faith, real deal. He received Jesus, and now there's going to be actions uh, to back it up. Glory to God. Glory to God absolutely the truth being a son of Abraham and uh, then of course the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost well glory to God well I, I trust these these parables have blessed you today I trust you've gleaned something from them and uh, so I'm gonna gonna close right here or I'll just go on and on and on so let's close right here we'll pick up next week with another parable but if you're out there today and, and, you know, you've never received Jesus as your Savior. You need to do it. You really do. Or maybe uh, you're out there today and, uh, uh, you, you, you know, you, you've received him maybe as a child or, uh, you know, but, you know, maybe not as a child, maybe some years ago or whatever. But, you know, but you know there's never been a real heart change or, you know, or maybe you've just haven't been walking close to the Lord as you should. Well, now is a good time to get back right with the Lord. So have it just, it's up to you. You, you need to humble yourself. Just be like this, uh, this, this tax collector was just humble yourself. Just, just bow your head and slap your chest. <laughs> that won't save you slapping your chest, but you know what I mean? Have a, have a, have a humble heart, a change of heart and call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord and again the implication is with a repentant heart will be saved so call on the name of Jesus say pastor what what do I have to say well there isn't any set words you have to say what did this guy over here say he said he said uh, he said God be merciful to me a sinner what did the thief on the cross say he said uh, remember me when you come into your kingdom so he said Lord Jesus Come into my heart. I believe on you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Something to that effect, that fast you'll be saved if it comes out of a repentant heart. So do that today. Get back right. Get get to Jesus if you've never been to him in the first place. And if you've been with him and you've fallen away with him from him, get back to him now. Get back to him now before it's too late. And miss a devil's hell and make a God's holy heaven. Well, I'm glad you were with me today. I love you. I really thank you for watching and listening and following along with these parables. Like I said, I trust they've been a blessing to you. And I'm going to sign off now. I'll see you next Sunday. And have a great blessed rest of the week. Check my wife out. I think she's going to have a uh, her message out on Wednesday. I think she's going to have another one. So hers are always good. And uh, we just, we're here. We just want to be a blessing to you. If you need prayer for anything, you can contact us. Just send us an email and uh, or you can call us either one and, and we'll, we'll reach out to you the best that we can. All right. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.